Hello? Did we just die? Welcome to the new episode of Dakota Boys Talk Movies. Um, on the other end of the line is... I was waiting for the fanfare. Oh. <laughs> Dakota. oh my gosh. Wait, that's not the other end of the line. Dakota, you don't sound like you're on the phone. No, I oh believe... Oh my gosh. I believe we're, we're doing this in person. Yeah, I think we're distanced enough, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yes, we are in the same room again. It is so nice. Uh, it just... It, it was fine. It's just it wasn't the same. <laughs> it was hard to. It was just it was just hard to feel that that spark in chemistry, you know, over the well, okay, over <laughs> over the over the grainy phone line. Yeah, it was kind of like talking to myself, honestly. Uh, <laughs> Although just... I did have a lot of fun with that historical episode we did, and we really need to do another one of those historic oh, historical events that need I, to be made into movies. I feel like the your amusement from that comes as. Just because I was unable to pronounce <laughs> Vercingetorix's name. It never gets old. I was really hoping he'd say it. Oh, man. But, yes, we are back in person, and it is nice. Um, on this episode, we're kind of just catching up a little bit on some things we saw. And this episode is just tentatively titled. We'll see what it ends up being titled, what you clicked on and downloaded. But right now, we'll just call it What Dakota Saw, <laughs> which... I don't know. It sounds really dramatic, I guess. I, I'm, I'm calling this Dakota on Dakota. <laughs> Dakota on Dakota. Oh, so apparently there was a night or two. Or Dakota v. Dakota. Well, that's <laughs> Dakota and Dakota v. Dakota. DVD. There Ooh, DVD. Um, yeah, apparently there was a night or two where, Dakota, you were just bored. I know it's shocking because not many people are bored lately and stuck at home. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> it's just. I mean, you could only watch so many episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation over and over again. <laughs> or go back and rewatch Rick and Morty or something. Oh, man. That never gets old. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, so you're going to talk about a couple movies you ended up watching over this fun time we've all been having in the year of our Lord 2020. And what's the first one you're going to be talking about, Dakota? I'm going to be talking about the cinema feast that was The Lodge. <laughs> Okay. And is this where is this available? Is this an exclusive to somebody? Or? Um it is on Hulu. I rented it. Okay. I, uh I went to the Red Box and ponied up my dollar. Oh, so it's it was. something that you can just get a lot of places. It isn't oh, like yeah. exclusive to like a certain streaming service. Uh no. I believe I think it seems like Hulu kind of just ponies up money for content at this point in time. Well, they are owned by Disney. Yeah, so. <laughs> but uh, not gonna lie, uh, I'm a little disappointed because I do have Hulu. It's like, man, that dollar fifty would still be <laughs> in my pocket right now. <laughs> Had I just looked on Hulu, uh, it happens. It happens. So the Lodge, yes, the Lodge, kind of very dark, very atmospheric movie. Um, don't let the trailers for this movie fool you, though. This is not a horror movie in the traditional vein. I, I would venture so far as to say it's not a horror movie at all. Hmm. Although it is a really, like I said, dark movie. Is there a lodge? Yes. Okay, so the title doesn't lie, just the trailer <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Okay, good. Good to know. 
Uh, where to begin with the story here? Uh, the story begins, uh, oddly enough, Alicia Silverstone. It begins with her character, uh, whose name is Laura. Um, you kind of see her getting ready, uh, almost like she's going out on a date. Uh, her kids are pestering her, you know, mom, are we going to leave? Turns out she's taking, uh, her kids over to her current husband's uh, future ex-husband's house uh her separated from husband yes and uh ooh, this movie is is a total slow burn don't go into this thinking it's one of those action-packed you know your heart's gonna be racing a minute things this movie is very subtle because it took the second time uh it took me two viewings to realize uh in the very first part when she's kind of talking to her husband in the kitchen that she sees somebody kind of exit his exit the property through the gate. Oh, and that kind of sets a chain of events in motion. Uh, I will kind of spoil it for you here, and this all happens in like the first ten fifteen minutes. Oh, spoiler for the first ten minutes. Uh, Alicia Silverstone's character really hopes she's going to get back with her husband. They're going to patch things up. Everything will go back to be the way they were. Um, after witnessing this and having. Her husband tell her, I want to finalize this divorce so I can marry marry the the new hotness. <laughs> uh, she pours herself a glass of wine, sits down, and shoots herself. Wow. Very, very kind of dark way to enter this movie. And it gets even worse uh, as the movie goes along. Uh, they're having her memorial and... The friends and family, they all kind of had these balloons, and they let the balloons go. Uh, the little girl has this doll, which she's just in love with. Uh, she ties it to the balloon. Uh-oh. And tries, but the doll is so heavy, it drags the balloon down, oh. and the girl loses it. Uh, symbolism? Is that symbolism, Stephen? What could I, that? I mean, I'm feeling it is. I'm feeling it is. Now, when you say the daughter loses it, do you mean the doll or do you mean she like mentally loses oh it's a full-on breakdown oh man oh you can't help but just feel terrible so you're telling me that alicia silverstone shoots herself like 15 minutes into this movie like eight maybe nine oh my gosh well i'm all right there because (laughs) i'm a big silverstone (laughs) fan so uh she was one of my crushes back in the day oh wasn't wasn't she everyone oh man probably It'd just be weird now. Is it, is it weird to see her old? This, you know, is, this is very off topic. She's aged quite well. Yeah, I, I guess mean, I haven't seen her in a while, so yeah. maybe she has. She, uh, I mean, it it is weird because I haven't seen her in anything, and like I didn't recognize her the first time I saw her, but after a few minutes, I'm like, kind of like Richard Armitage. I didn't realize he was in oh, this movie until right, right. the credits rolled. He plays the dad. Fans of The Hobbit, I know that. I know you're out there. You know yeah. who he is. He was a very good-looking dwarf. <laughs> the only good-looking dwarf in history, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. He played, because uh, he was the main one, Thor and Oak and Shield in the Hobbit movies. Um, but yeah, in, okay. Okay, so are we tied to this movie get supernatural or seemingly supernatural? Are we going this kind of this route with this movie um, then? Well, the only thing I could kind of, I don't want to spoil anything here. Sure, but, sure. Uh, as the story goes along, it, I think it cuts to some time later. And it's about Christmas time, and the kids are living with their father. Uh, he wants them to kind of get used to her being around because they are planning on getting married. His 
his new his new love uh played by Riley Keough. Uh some of you may know who she is, some of you may not. Uh really good actress. Uh she plays the character of Grace in this. Um he comes up with the idea that uh oh hey, we'll we'll go to the family lodge. The the kids love the lodge up in the mountains uh over Christmas time. And he decides to invite her along. And the kids are so, so not happy with this. They're just like, well, why can't it just be us? Uh, of course, the dad's like, well, you know, she's to be part of this family. You better get used to it. So um, they end up going to the lodge. And unfortunately, something happens. Ooh, the lodge. Something can't be good. <laughs> something happens business related. And he has to leave. Uh, so she's stuck kind of up there all, all alone with the exception of her dog and these two kids and things kind of slowly start going sideways. Like I said, I want to spoil this movie, but yes, (laughs) I just made like a weird flash. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I really, really cannot convey how much I like this movie. Uh, just great performances all around. Uh, Jaden Martell, some of you guys may remember him from It. He played uh, he played Bill, the younger version of Bill in It. And then Leah McHugh, uh, they play the children. But very interesting movie. Not a horror movie, like I said. It's just it's a slow burn. Slow burn with twisty, turny stuff? Yes. Gotcha. Uh, kind of more a psychological thriller, you could say. Okay. But I so kind of like almost like uh, I feel like pre seventies we kind of had more of those slow burn thrillers. Would it be more in the vein of some of those? Like I would even consider. I mean, it very much is so. I guess I wouldn't even say I would consider. I think a lot of people would agree that like Psycho, the original, is almost like a slow burn. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And so it's kind of in that vein where. There's just a lot of tension built. You're not sure where it's going to go. Yeah. Okay. There are some things I will kind of just pour out here. Uh, you find out throughout the course of the movie that Riley Keogh's character, Grace, you find out um, she was in a cult when she was younger. Uh, her father. Never good. Her father was actually the head of this cult, and they were a little bit of a bunch of extremists. Uh, they ended up all committing suicide. Dakota, I would be curious. Do you think you could actually tally up how many movies have you watched that a cult is involved? <laughs> oh, wow. It feels like at least 10 different times you've watched a movie we've talked about on the show and all of a sudden randomly a cult's involved. <laughs> you know, uh, there's... Like, what was that one? I... that The Void or something? Was yeah, that a cult? Yeah, The Void. Yeah, there was a cult in that one. Uh but uh, yeah, her interestingly enough, Riley Keough's father plays her father in the movie. Oh, like a real life father? Yes, mean. gotcha. Uh, Danny Keough uh, actually plays her father, and they kind of this whole cult kind of has like a Heaven's Gate vibe. Oh boy! <laughs> so yeah, they all kind of committed suicide, and she was like the one left behind. She kind of uh, going the kids kind of get online and they look at some stuff and they find like a video that she recorded after they were gone. But yeah, it's kind of a really heaven's gate vibe of any of you that came of age when that happened. Uh, me and C- Steven certainly were. Yeah. And definitely if you Google that, 
just be careful. <laughs> it's pretty disturbing. So just know yeah. it was a very disturbing cult that ended very tragically. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's it's kind of uh, one of those down the rabbit holes, but the ending, oh my gosh, the ending still gets me. So is it, uh, who directed this? Is it a, f- a foreign film? Is it a rookie director? Um, I believe this movie actually had two people. Okay. Uh, Severin Fiala and Veronica Franz. Okay, they sound foreign, but maybe they're just new on the scene here in America or something. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually not really familiar with anything they did before this. Sure, but this movie was obviously just based on the fact that hardly any of us have probably heard of it. Was obviously independent, more independent made too. So maybe they're just getting yeah. their, getting their feet wet a little bit too. Um, but they pulled in some known people, yeah. you know, into it. So. Yeah, uh, incredibly well-made movie and just so many, so much good acting in it. Uh, very small film, though. Uh, like I said, uh, the, I feel like the trailer is just a little bit misleading. It makes you make it makes it, the movie kind of look supernatural and like hmm. uh, almost like a Conjuring movie where the, there's someone's being haunted or something. But yeah, a few weeks back when you told me about this movie, I did watch the trailer, and if you wouldn't have you know, given me that prerequisite where the trailer is misleading. Yeah. It does make it seem very like more ghost story or something yeah, yeah. in a lot of ways. So, um, in a way, I guess she is being haunted, but that's more by, she's being haunted by her past, Ooh, her own personal demons. Yes. Oh. She's fighting, she's facing demons, but they're, you know, just the ones she's kind of carried with her from having yeah. survived, which some would say is worse. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, okay, so the lodge, you're giving that a pretty high recommend, especially for someone who enjoys the slow burn thriller. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, so that's the lodge. One thumb way, way up. <laughs> one thumb way up. Um, now moving on to the other one. The other one just is another The Something movie. It's called The Assistant. Yes, The Assistant. Okay. Um, so, again, is this one that's easy to find? You can rent it anywhere, or is it an exclusive? This one, I actually I heard about this. And I heard about it for the wrong reasons. Um, I was hearing, kind of seeing all this chatter online about how... uh, Always dangerous. The Assistant is one of those movies that is uh, kind of divisive right now. Critics seem to love it. They think it's the most important movie of the year. Oh, boy. People who've seen it think it's just a dumpster fire. Interesting. Yeah. it, And I, I don't know why... That is either, because I, I looked at some of the uh, stuff that people have, because, you know, on Rotten Tomatoes, you could kind of write your own uh, review of the movie. Yeah, and, and in a lot of ways, Rotten Tomatoes isn't perfect. I think I can give a decent estimate in some ways, but... Yeah, but I'm going to put this out there. The Rotten Tomato score on this is 92%. Oh, my goodness. That is high. How many critic Are- reviews is that? 206 are you that's even a decent number of critic reviews for a smaller movie yes uh prepare yourself the audience score 25 oh wow yeah that is uh (laughs) also 206 interesting so they're even similar in the amount and i'm gonna be real with you here i I kind of enjoyed reading the kind of audience (laughs) Feedback. Yeah, sometimes that can be fun. Because one of them, one of them just flat out said, "This watching this movie has been the worst time I've had this week," <laughs> which is saying something because I work in an emergency room, 
Oh my yes. goodness. So <laughs> this leads me to believe that this movie possibly can come across as preachy. Uh, is no. that is that where the division is happening? Not at all. No, it's, not preachy. Okay. Um, this movie just kind of presents things. It doesn't. It doesn't kind of. It's not about empowerment. It's not about. Oh, this is. Uh, things should be like this because it's right. Ah. It's. It's not. It just. Uh, kind of just to interject this real quick. Uh, speaking of trailers that are very misleading, the trailer for this movie actually makes it look like. It's dark and broody. And yep, because I watched the trailer for this one <laughs> yeah. also, and yeah, it is so not like that. And I will lay it out here: this movie takes place over the course of one day. Oh my gosh! And it starts the main character in this movie uh, is this character named Jane, and she's a low level, um, low level employee at a production. Uh, I don't want to say production house. Yeah, that yes. Yeah, that's that's what it seemed like to me based on the the uh trailer was uh yeah, is that what it was? Like yeah, it was some sort of place like that. And I'm trying to remember who played her boss. Wasn't it some isn't it a known actor? Um, you never actually get to see her quote unquote boss, but uh Oh, is that the deal? Uh just kinda interject this. Um the lady that made this kind of is known for making documentaries about women. Ah. Uh, and I think this movie exists because she, some people, myself included, uh, when the Harvey Weinstein kind of, Weinstein fiasco mm-hmm. happened, mm-hmm. a lot of us were like, man, how was he getting away with this for so long? Mm-hmm. And this movie, it basically implies that he had systems in place. To ensure that anyone that tried to kick up any dirt on him, basically were going to be ruined. Mm. Like, yeah, you may have done the right thing by speaking out, but you know your career in Hollywood basically be would be over. Mm. And our main character—that's what she wants to do. She wants to. Uh, it's implied that she graduated from film school. She had like, she did great. She had like. She had such an impressive uh, credentials to get her hired at this job. And like I said, it takes place over the course of a day. Um, she starts noticing kind of things. Um, she finds a girl's earring just laying on the floor. Later on in the movie, she says, oh, I, I well, I found a hair tie laying on the floor of the boss's office a week ago, too. Um, she goes to the airport and picks up this girl from, I think it's, oh, I think she's from Idaho or something. Uh, she's from, like, basically middle of nowhere. And she comes to New York to be uh, an assistant at this place. And uh, our main character just kind of is like, well, she doesn't really seem kind of suited for this sort of thing. She has no actual no actual background. Even oh, though, like no credentials yeah. for the job type thing? Yeah, and... Uh, she's put up in like a really, really nice hotel. And for some reason, her boss, who is a big time Hollywood producer, goes to meet her at this place. And that's when she's like, okay, something's, something's not right here. And she decides to go to HR. And that's when basically they, they put the screws to her. Hmm. 
the guy in HR just flat out tells her, like, I have 500 resumes from people that could do your job. So go back to work. I'm going to pretend like this didn't happen. Unfortunately, because this guy is a part of the system, he lets the boss know. The boss is furious with her and just flat out tells her, like, don't ever let this happen again or else you're going to be ruined. Hmm. And it's a very, both scenes are very emotional. Um, I think the actress in this did just a phenomenal job. Oh, I am trying to remember her name right now. Julia Garner. Fans of the show Ozarks may know who she is. I've I've seen her in that, and she's she's really foul-mouthed. Is she the daughter? She's in, uh, no, she's not the daughter in Ozarks that curly blonde haired yeah gal. the one that swears like i don't know i just know they have a daughter <laughs> with curly blonde hair so yeah um she doesn't swear in this movie at all interestingly enough and this is it's such an honest movie i really liked it it was very this is an actor's film like basically it gets carried on the strength of its actors sure and there's there's no there's no glitz. There's no glamour. Like, oh, man, uh, I'm trying to remember that show on HBO uh, with Ari Gold, which I just hated. They made a movie out of it. It was based on Mark Wahlberg's life. Oh, uh, Entourage? Yeah. This is the complete opposite of that because this, this office, even though this film producer is like, he's a big way. He's got, he's got all this. He's got all this gravitas to his position. It's like a crummy little office <laughs> with terrible lighting. <laughs> and yeah, it's just so, you know, just full disclosure here. This movie isn't going to be for for everyone. I know uh, I get accused of rubber stamping things. Uh, I did do that with Birds of Prey. Bam. Put my stamp on it. <laughs> Certified Dakota. Certified Dakota. Uh, but I can't do that with this because it, it is going to be a decisive movie. Some people may not like how it puts things out there, but sure. I incredibly enjoyed it. And, you know, uh, we, I think, I think we kind of, uh, I think we kind of love the spectacle of these Hollywood movies just a little too much. And it's movies like this. I think that uh, you know, it'd be like eating pizza every day. You know, everyone loves pizza, but would you, is it good to have it every day? No. Sometimes. Yeah, I know what you mean because that's kind of, you know, a lot of people right now are blaming Marvel. Like we have this sickness in the movie theater. It's Marvel's fault. You know, every movie has to be like a spectacle and cost millions and millions. And we don't make any small quiet movies anymore or small movies with more purpose. But I do feel like, uh, they are still getting made and streaming yeah. services are helping it. It's just harder for them to get noticed, i.e. the assistant. You know, I mean, I don't think I ever would have known this movie existed if you wouldn't have said anything. Yeah. Uh, once again, I, this movie is probably made for like maybe a tenth of a percent that <laughs> a Marvel movie gets made for. But, yeah, you know, I, I found this film, to be honestly, refreshing. Sure. It's, it's good to see good actors actually work with some material. Yeah, it's the same reason. Job. The same reason I love the movie First Reformed, which I brought up a few random times in the show. It's just, are you ever going to review that? Or <laughs> we, re- I want you to watch that movie. Uh, yeah, it's just it's actors just chewing on great material, and yeah, it's it is it's a delight when you can find a movie where that works. 
Um, now we have this division. We have this twenty five percent audience. We have this ninety two percent critic. Where does Dakota land? Ooh. Now, would you put your? Your I'm guessing based on how you're talking, you're a little closer to the critics than you would be the audience. Yeah, which is weird because it seems like lately, uh, you know, uh, it's been a little. I've been siding with the audience more. <laughs> Do you feel like the audience score is low? Now, a lot of times what happens with audiences is that they go in and basically feel like they've been lied to and then they just get mad. You know, I can't really say anything because the trailer for this movie was just also very misleading. That's what I mean. Yeah. Because a lot of times audiences are going to a movie based on a trailer. Yeah. So this would be misleading. Whereas a critic, you know, especially I know Leonard Maltnoy talks about this. He doesn't watch trailers. He wants to go into movies with a clean slate mind. And I know a lot of critics end up doing that anyway just because they see them so early that there's maybe a teaser trailer. But, you know, not... You know, they're just seeing movies early or they're seeing yeah. them at festivals, yeah. you know, or something. And so, yeah, I almost wonder I almost wonder if there are more people than you realize do like this. It's just that so many people got hurt by the trailer. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, that happened to me. I can think of some movies where that happened to me with where it's like you think you're going to one movie and then it's almost like you almost have to watch it again just to reset your brain to be like, okay, I thought it was going to be one thing, and the whole first viewing ends up being jarring because of that. All right, so, well, we got two two movies you ended up watching that you both yeah. give high recommended watches if you're that type of person, um, which, which I think that is what makes these types of movies a hard sell, too, is that, you know, they the the big movies, obviously, they need to make their money back, so they need to make them so user-friendly. Whereas uh, these movies that are made, for lack of a better term, on the cheap, or whatever, you know, we Hollywood version of on the cheap, um, not our own pocketbook on the cheap, but that they need it to be made cheap to make their money back because they know it's got a more niche audience, you know? Um but yeah, so the first movie was The Lodge, and the second movie was The Assistant. So there you go, a couple of recommends from from Dakota, and it sounds like both of these are just available many places. Yeah, okay. Um, if you do have Hulu, though, I mean, uh, they're right there at your at your fingertips. All also, right. two two kind of short movies too, because I think The Lodge isn't very long. It maybe. Like an hour and forty minutes, and like I said, uh, the assistance an hour and a half. Yeah, but yeah, if you just if you want to, if you're tired of watching the same stuff, and maybe want to branch out and actually see some really good acting, that I highly recommend both of these movies. There you go. That is another nice thing about uh, lower budget movies; they do have a tendency to be shorter, unless they're made by Ari Aster, because <laughs> his movies are incredibly long, usually for independent movies. <laughs> I'm um, looking at you, Hereditary in Midsummer. So, <laughs> so yeah. Well, uh, that was fun. That was fun to hear about some movies that because uh, I'm right there with probably a lot of you. I hadn't seen these movies. It's fun to hear about them. And so, um, Dakota is definitely give them a check out. That was Dakota v Dakota here DVD. <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed this episode of Dakota Boys, um, and we hope you have subscribed to us on iTunes. YouTube, Stitcher, we're in all those types of places, uh, trying to make sure we're as accessible as possible. 
And then as far as just social media, we really mostly just stick to Facebook. Uh, it's just <laughs> it's just easy, and we can put up stupid stuff whenever we feel like it too. Which is basically every day. Yeah, it's usually movie-related stupid stuff every day. Um, and then every once in a while when there's something interesting in the news, we'll throw that on there too. And so, yeah, we thank you for listening to this episode, and we will catch you next time. This is Steven. This is Dakota. Adios. Adios.